Welcome back to People Analytics. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton. Today I have Nikisha Madishlin, who is the Director of Human Resources at Rayleigh's Companies. Welcome, Nikisha. Thank you. It's good to be here. So I'm so glad you're here today, but before we kick things off, can you say who you are, what you do, and why you do it? Sure. Um, well, as you mentioned, I'm Nikisha Madison. I'm the Human Resources Director for the Rayleigh's Companies. I have been working in human resources for just 23 years. Um, I just made 23 years, and I do it because I love people, and mm-hmm. I love uh, connecting people to what they like to do, um, helping people to be successful in their roles, uh, and just being a strategic partner to uh, those in our operation. I I really enjoy uh, all of those things. And so that's why I do what I do. Yeah. And you said a magic word with partner, because I know that you're really passionate about making sure human resources is a partner to everyone within an organization. So can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so partnership is very important in an HR role because a lot of times the perception is that HR is there as kind of a policing agent, but really uh, we want to be a partner. We want to be a thought partner on strategy. We want to be there not to create a hurdle, but to help you identify risk and then come alongside you uh, to meet the goals that you set for the organization. And when I say you, I mean our our, our operational partners. Um, we also, in my role, partner very closely with some of our other stakeholders in the organization, such as our security or asset protection department, uh, because we are both responsible for ensuring the the physical and emotional safety of our team members. So mm-hmm. we work really closely um, to just ensure that the environment for our team members is good. Um also, I partner with my team, uh, the people yeah. that work with me to, uh, to, to support our operation. So uh, those who work with me, I really try to ensure that they are meeting their goals, they are meeting their potential, that they can see their potential. Sometimes it takes someone to kind of point out areas where you're strong and where you can you know, place your focus. So I, I really like to work closely with my team on that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, not being seen as as the police, um, because, you know, it's a, a thing that is really important to the guests that come on the show to to help people realize I'm here for you. So in your 23 years, congratulations, by the way, um, that is such an amazing accomplishment. Um, have you had to kind of gain people's trust who may have had HR trauma or kind of had that stereotype in their heads. Um, So how do you approach that? Well, first, I like to approach it by being more of a consultant. So taking a more Mm -hmm. consultative approach, I want to know from that person, what is the ultimate goal? What are you looking to do? How Mm -hmm. and how I can help achieve that? Uh, And then really kind of just laying out the options as I see them uh, based on, you know, the policies of the company or the laws that are applicable um, and just kind of laying out like the if then scenarios, like if you do this, then this may happen. And Mm -hmm. then have them make the decision. 
um, it's it's really ultimately up to the operator to decide. And so I really uh, like to ensure that they know that I know that, uh, that I'm there to help and to assess risk, but that ultimately the decision is theirs. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your team. I know that you really, really uh, enjoy supporting the team that you work on. Uh, tell me about that dynamic. Sure. So I I have teams in two locations. Um, and so uh, what we the focus on those in those areas is a little bit different. On one side, uh, my team is pretty much focused on investigations of allegations of discrimination, harassment, retaliation, um, as well as consulting with leaders on corrective action measures, a lot of employee relations work. Uh, on the other side, the team does that and also does a little um, more of the strategic human resource focus. So leadership development, um, working with operators on succession planning and staffing and things of, th- things of that sort. Wow. Uh, so it's a big, it's a big production going on over there. (laughs) We have a lot of partners. Um, so I want to, you know, I'd like to highlight that we don't do it alone. We have a lot of partners, um, that assist us in that, in those efforts, Uh, but it does, it does take a lot. Yeah. So have you ever been a department of one or in a smaller department and can compare the two experiences? Not a department of one, but a smaller department. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And the difference is uh, what in my experience is that everything you have to kind of be a jack of all trades. You know, you have to know a little bit about everything, but you're not really an expert in any one area. Uh, Whereas when you have a bigger team, you can focus a little more in one area and be more of that expert in that area. Yeah. Or maybe a few areas versus having to kind of know a little bit about everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So in terms of teams, I know that you've had acquisition experience in your years. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, managing teams and, you know, making sure that they're supported. Sure. So when it comes to combining two teams is really that's kind of what an an acquisition or a merger is, right? Mm -hmm. You have you know, a team here and a team there, and you're you're really wanting them to operate as one team. Yeah. And so one of the things that I've seen is that you, you want to look at what both areas are doing and take the best practices from each. Uh, and that, you know, kind of creating a, a dynamic where you're doing, you know, really, really good things now because you've taken best practices from both sides. So, um, but change is hard, right? And it's it's really hard for um, people to step away from things or habits that they've created over time. So really being sensitive and attentive to the, the change management dynamic of combining any two teams um, and 
communicating the why around any particular thing or idea uh, is really, really important um, because people want to see the benefit of a change. They don't want to just change for the sake of changing. That doesn't feel good. Uh, but understanding why that is, is very important. So I like to make sure that um, we communicate why we're doing things. Yeah. And I'm sure it's, um, you know, as People who are proud of their work, um, you know, who enjoy what they do. I'm sure there's a little bit of, you know, I'm not sure exactly the right word, but um, stress about someone coming into their space or, you know, on the other side of things, entering a space that they're not familiar with and they don't want to step on toes. So how do you, um, you know, work with those different emotions and feelings from, um, you know, all the employees combined? Well, one, just acknowledging that it's there, Um, acknowledge the feelings and acknowledge that it's, it's, it's a challenge. And then asking, you know, anyone who's feeling those emotions, how I can best support them through whatever the change might be. Um, so I think really the key is just knowing that, you know, there's, there's those feelings out there and not pretending that they aren't, um, acknowledging them and then helping the, the person work through it. Yeah. And how necessary is transparency during these situations? Very. Um, of course, transparency at the right times. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the timing is also important, but, you know, transparency is important. If, if you're not, then you're not being open and honest uh, yeah. with your team. And that doesn't breed trust. Um transparency breeds trust. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I've been involved in a couple as an employee and the less I hear, the more I'm making up in my head <laughs> and it's often worse than what's actually going on. Absolutely. What people don't know they'll make up and, yes. and, and that's, it's, I've seen that happen over and over again. So it's really important to be honest and transparent. Yeah. So I know that, being a leader is is challenging. You have your own challenges um, and reassuring people uh, about decisions and the why. Um, so who's there to reassure you? Where do you you know get your support? Well, in a couple of places. Uh, first, my husband. Uh, he's very, very supportive of me and is always there uh, when I you know, and feeling a little bit anxious or, you know, anything like that. Um, But also I have really good leaders. So um, I have actually two leaders and they're both very supportive and very open and honest with me. Um, And so that, you know, of course, breeds my own trust. I mean, I feel comfortable, you know, expressing any feelings that I have to them as well. Yeah, that's so good. I'm so glad to hear you have that system in place because in in the people space, people leaders, it's it's a very emotional job. And um, you know, everyone that I speak to on the show is they're very service oriented. They're very they're very much helpers. Um, so it's good to know that that you have things in place to support you. Yeah, it's it's amazing. 
That's awesome. Um, so let's talk a little bit about culture um, because, you know, you're not only merging people when, during acquisitions, you're also merging cultures. And culture is a very important part of how an organization operates. So, you know, what are your thoughts on culture um, and how do you navigate culture during an acquisition? Well, I think recognizing that there's very strong and committed people in both cultures, right, mm -hmm. in both yeah. sides. I think one of the benefits to my experience is that the cultures were very similar. Um, there are some distinctions, but uh, yeah. very similar cultures. And so it was, it's, and again, to be fair, I kind of came in on the tail end of, mm -hmm. you know, acquisition already happened. So, um, you know, in my case, I'm walking into a company that is very similar to the one that I, you know, mm -hmm. to the other where I was before. Um, and I've been very, you know, fortunate in that they're so similar that it's almost felt like walking into two, you know, two of the same place. Um, wow. But, uh I guess what I would say is that you have the important part is recognizing and celebrating the the, the cultures as they are while combining them together mm -hmm. um, and making the best parts of both and and celebrating those. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you know in your own personal career, um, you seek out very community-focused companies. Um, so what is it about community-focused companies that uh, helps you thrive? Well, it aligns to my own like, personal uh, goals, my own personal, you know, beliefs as far as serving the, the um, serving the community. So that's why I've made it a focus to ensure that when I go to a place to work, that they do the same. Um, my company here um, is very, very ingrained in the community, um, and and that's as a whole. And then each team on their own uh, take makes their own efforts to serve the community. For example, my team recently went out and served at a food bank. Um, and then uh, we also serve a large Native American population and we make it a point to uh, participate in the cultural celebrations that are hosted by uh, the different um, tribes. And so that has been really a bright spot to, yeah. to my work here um, because I've been able to get out in the community and the people that we serve. Yeah. So what are some of the things that really bring you joy about being community focused? Well, you know, it's been in kind of ingrained in me um, since my youth, uh, since I was participating in my church youth group. Um, you know, that's that's been just something that has, I don't know, I caught on to it early and it's been something that really is important to me um, because I feel like if, I feel a responsibility to, mm -hmm. to serve the community. Yeah, and I feel like, the um, HR field is very, very community focused too. So it just naturally draws in, you know, people like you have who've been doing it, you know, since the in, since childhood. Um, now just brings it into, you know, a different way to serve. 
Yes, absolutely. Wow. I think it, it really aligns, you know, the, mm-hmm. the same strengths that you need to serve the community and, and to serve in HR are really aligned. Yeah. So how do you bring that community feel into the organization that you work for? Well, similar to what I mentioned, um, we go out in the community, but then to bring it in, we do have some internal kind of events to bring community within the within the company. So we have our culture club where we have different events throughout the year uh, to celebrate different things. I mean, not just holidays, but, um, uh, you know, company achievements and things like that. Yeah. So tell me the importance around celebrating in the workplace. It's important to acknowledge what we've achieved. Yeah. You know, we all work together. We have goals that are set out in front of us. And it's important to recognize uh, those achievements and to celebrate them so that we're all motivated to keep going. Uh, I think celebrating your achievements motivates you to achieve more. Yeah, absolutely. Because we've all been in those meetings where we come in and then we're told, this isn't good. Our numbers are down. We need to do this. And you don't leave those meetings feeling inspired at all. <laughs> right. And those meetings are also important. You know, you yeah. have to know where you where you need to improve. But I, I think it's important to have the same energy around celebrating, too. Yeah, absolutely. This has been such a really good conversation. I feel like, um, you know, there's so many people who are in the middle of acquisitions and, you know, maybe are not having that transparent um, view or maybe are confused about where they're going to be. And I feel like you really, really brought it down to a level that um, people really understand that transparency is important, feeling validated and, you know, giving validation is important. Um, you know, what other ways can you offer support to employees and, I mean, even leaders who are kind of, um, you know, unsure about how things are going to go? I would say to leaders to be open and honest, but also to be have an open door for people to ask questions. So I think it's important that team members feel that they can initiate uh, mm-hmm. a conversation mm-hmm. on what they're feeling and not just when a leader comes to them. And then for uh, those who are not in leadership, I would say don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, it's it's yeah. it's hard to, as a leader, to always know exactly what everybody wants to hear and know. So I would encourage people to ask questions. Yeah, that is absolutely correct. Questions are good. <laughs> so um, if do you... Let me catch my my uh, tangle of words. <laughs> so now that we've had our conversation on you know life in the people space, do you feel like um, I missed anything, or is there anything else that you would like to add? Uh, you know, I think one thing that I would like to add is to for for anyone is to be a continuous learner. Um, yeah there's always something new for you to learn and there's always ways for you to grow. And so in any space that you're in, I would encourage continuous learning for anyone. 
I love that. And since our audience is uh, built up of leaders in the HR space, where do you go to to learn and what are some resources that our audience might enjoy? Sure. I, I think the obvious one is SHRM. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's just a, a plethora of information there. And by having certain certifications, it kind of requires you to keep that uh, that mm-hmm. learning do so. Um, I make sure that I keep my 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 continuing education uh, units intact. Uh, but then also, I uh, podcasts like yours um, <laughs> are are important. I also like to listen to. There's one particular from my area who um, she really focuses on local changes in laws um, in Sacramento. Um, And so I would say find that kind of resource where it's directly applicable to to what you do in your area Um, and just, you know, find good books. Uh, There's there's nothing like reading a good book uh, related to, to your career. Yeah. I love the advice about the local community um, resources. That's, that's so important to know what's going on around you. Yes. Yeah. Well, Nikisha, thank you so much for this conversation. Um, I've had a good time. I hope you have. Um, so, <laughs> hey, um, so if anyone wants to reach out or get to know you or ask a question, what's the best way to do so? LinkedIn. Uh, Nikisha yeah. Madison is um, easy to find. Perfect. Well, if you or anyone else you know is like Nikisha and wants to continue to learn, 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 and learn, email me, lindsay at staffgeek.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Staff Geek's People Analytics Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton, and I'm always looking to interview leaders who put people first. If you or someone you know lead with a people-first mindset, please email me at lindsay at staffgeek.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y at staffgeek.com. If you want to take things a step deeper and understand your organization's true culture DNA, I encourage you to take Staff Geek's free culture assessment. Just head to staffgeek.com and click the button that says free culture assessment. Thanks again for listening.